0: Welcome back, listeners. I'm your host, Sam Peebles. This is a really exciting episode for me. If you guys haven't been able to tell already, one of the things I'm really into and really excited about is trades in Major Baseball. What better time to talk about possible trades for the Braves than right before the trade deadline? We're going to dig into what happens in a trade and how it's not the same as other sports, but there's a lot of things involved where it's not just talent for talent type squad. So, let's dig into this thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to talk about it. Thank you so much for tuning in this first I want to thank Richard for submitting the topic I was thinking about doing a topic kind of like this and so him submitting it just confirmed it thank you Richard I really appreciate it and thank you so much for listening so I've seen some crazy trade proposals coming up to this deadline I admit it is a weird year so the trades may be weird too but Some of the proposed deals on Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, and other forums are straight bizarro world. So, I wanted to make an episode about this to just show how trades kind of really work in Major League Baseball. First, I need to lay out some ground rules to how Major League Baseball typically does trades. I've talked about this in the past, but I'm going to reiterate some of these so that these trades make more sense. Of these ground rules, first, 99 times out of 100, it is not a straight talent swap. There are contracts involved with different lengths. This determines the return. For example, Mike Trout, the consensus best player in the game, he signed an extension. So this is not a real-world scenario. But let's say hypothetically he was in a contract year and is making 30 million a year. Ozzy Albie's with seven-year, 35 million total contract that's 35 million for seven years with two of those years being team options would net significantly more in a return than mike trout if he was in his contract year mike trout being in his contract year if you don't know how options work a team option means the team decides if they want to opt into that deal meaning if they don't want to spend the money they don't have to a player option is the opposite meaning the player can opt into his contract or opt out of his contract going into free agency. Mutual option means both have to decide to opt in. A team option is significantly more valuable in a trade than the other two. A player option, like on Nolan Arenado's contract on 2021, is a huge devaluation when it comes to trade value. Second ground rule. We need, need, need to remember that there are a minimum of two organizations involved. That means that both sides have to like the deal. We can't just unload the players we don't want and expect to get value out of them. I saw a trade offer where we would give up Alex Jackson, Inder Ciarte, Austin Riley, and Kyle Wright for Clevenger and Blessic of the Indians. Sure, of course the Braves would love that. Of course the Braves would take that trade. No way in any scenario would the Indians do that, though. Not to mention other teams would offer way more value wise anyways to get those two players. Third, nine times out of ten, the trade will be between a seller and a buyer. This means a team that knows they won't make the playoffs matching up with a team that think they have a shot, especially at the deadline. The Pirates would be sellers, for example, having one of the worst records in the league, while the Dodgers, having the best record in the league, would be buyers. In our case, the Braves are buyers this year. Typically, sellers want prospects for a future rebuild, and buyers want MLB talent to bolster their current roster. That's not always the case, but 9 times out of 10, that's how it works. Now, there will be other pieces involved, but I'm talking purely the meat of the trade the main piece that those two teams are going after fourth and this goes along with teams liking the trade there has to be a reason to make the trade for example the Braves will probably not trade for an all-star first baseman they have no need they may take on a bad contract of a first baseman to entice the other team to trade another player But it would not be the main piece of the trade. Fifth, teams most of the time require physicals. So, this could result in failed trades. But in rare cases, teams will take on injured players as salary relief to get the player they really want. A good example would be a few years ago, the Braves took on Bronson Arroyo, who wasn't even going to pitch that year, just as a salary relief. To get the other players that they wanted. This happens sometimes, but it's not always the case. But it's purely for salary relief to the other team so that the Braves would get a team, sorry, a player that they would want. So if you see the Braves end up taking a player that obviously isn't gonna be a starter or really even contribute, it's most likely because it's salary relief to the other team to get another player that the braves actually want last but not least sixth back to trades not being a straight need for need or talent for talent swap typically there is a main piece that a team is going after but there may be other players involved to offset salary that may not make sense from a pure talent or position standpoint for example When the Braves traded Craig Kimbrell to the Padres, they did it so they could get rid of B.J. Upton's terrible contract. The Padres really wanted Kimbrell, so they were willing to take on Upton's contract even though they weren't planning on him being a starter for them anytime soon. Now that we have the groundwork set up, let's take a break and then look at some players the Braves could realistically target. hello listeners right now i want to talk about something that is important to me it's called run to home base it is a 5k race that is run every year but this year is going to have to be done virtually home base is a foundation general hospital program it's dedicated to healing the invisible wounds for veterans of all eras service members, military families, and families of the fallen through world-class clinical care, wellness, education, and research. Through this 5K race, they are able to raise money towards this great cause. The race is on Saturday, September 26th, and it will be done virtually, so you can do it anywhere. Homebase is currently looking at a significant budget shortfall due to COVID, so this would greatly help their cause. As you all know, the turbulence associated with the coronavirus pandemic has affected each of our lives profoundly. Schools, colleges, and many employers are looking at remote operations going to and beyond the fall, and there will be no fans in attendance for most sports based upon guidance from city and state officials, the race directors, and Major League Baseball. They will now conduct their race virtually. So, I highly encourage you to go to runforhomebase.org. Maybe you can donate some money. Participate in the race. It's a great race to get involved with. Maybe you don't run. Well, you can walk. Maybe you don't want to walk. You can ride a bike. It's a a virtual 5K. You can do it however you want. Maybe you just want to donate to the great cause. Again, run to homebase.org. The race is Saturday, September 26th. All are invited. Welcome back. Let's look at some potential suitors for trades with the previous stipulations in place. I wouldn't put it by Alex Anthopoulos, our GM, to pull off a trade no one saw coming. He is a genius with deals and has made some deals that I would have never saw coming based on things like salary manipulation, the Dodgers trade with Matt Kemp, for example. But here are some serious options to look at. First, it is pretty evident where the Braves need help. Starting pitching. Sad to say, that is the most important position for a deep playoff run. Second place in line would be third base, but that is not a priority. Braves have been relatively fine on offense compared to the rest of the league. At the time of this recording, they are tied 8th for runs scored in all of Major League Baseball, and all the teams that are around them in 7th and 6th place are only a few runs different. The Braves also have a killer bullpen and are very solid on defense. First, let's look at a nifty package deal. Taiwan Walker of the Mariners is no ace, but he is solid. He has a career 3.95 ERA and a 105 ERA+, making him, as we said in the past, 5% better than league average. Not amazing, but like I just said, slightly above average which is better than most of the pitchers that the Braves currently have starting. One issue is he has had a hard time staying healthy. The Mariners are clearly sellers, and Jerry Dippido, the Mariners' general manager, is the most trade-happy general manager in recent history. The Mariners currently sit at a .321 winning percentage. Walker is a free agent at the end of the year, on a cheap $2 million contract, so he would not cost a premium to acquire. An added bonus is the Mariners also have a nice trade piece that could be enticing to the Braves and Kyle Seeger. You got that right, Corey Seeger's older brother. The Mariners and Braves may be able to work out a salary relief deal and add lower end prospects to sweeten the deal. Seeger is expensive at about $14 million a year, But that is absorbable. But he has quietly been a 33 war player in 9 seasons. Basically what I'm getting at is he is worth the money if the Braves want to spend it. He has been excellent so far this year, albeit in a small sample size, of 155 OPS plus, meaning he's batting 55% better than league average. And the final year on his contract is a team option. So the Braves are not on the hook for the the salary of his in the year 2022. The next is another Mariner. Marco Gonzalez. Over the last three years, he owns a 3.94 earned run average and a 107 ERA+. But this year, he is killing it with a 0.87 whip, walks, hits, innings pitched. Remember I've said in the past, under one is elite. And a 128 ERA plus, which is 28% better than league average in the earned run average department. He is also controllable for the foreseeable future. He is signed through the 2024 season with a team option in 2025. And all those years are cheap money wise. This is an example of why contracts matter. He would cost significantly more than Taiwan Walker, prospect-wise. Way, way more. Even though they both have a pretty similar ceiling and pretty similar career numbers. The price will have to be right for the Braves on this one, because he is not the type of pitcher you break the bank on, but he will cost a decent amount due to his team control length. Here's another potential package deal. Nathan Eovaldi and Rafael Devers from Boston. This would be a true blockbuster, but this is the type of deal where the key piece here for the Braves is Devers. And like we said, number one priority is pitching, but Eovaldi is a short-term fix for that. If you have been following MLB Network, you probably saw a trade offer like this one. I will say that the offer presented was way in the Braves' favor, and Boston would have hung up the phone real quick. Devers is a bona fide superstar talent, and Eovaldi is not elite, but has a high ceiling when healthy. This deal would cost a ton for Atlanta, but it would be locking down a third base uh, for, the fu- for the near future. It is well known Boston is trying to shed salary. The deal is not likely, but I do have to say that it is definitely possible. I don't want to take credit for this package, so if you want to see these players numbers, go check out the articles that are all over the internet about this proposal. It was kind of ridiculous, but the funny part was there was a lot of fans saying no no no, we don't want to do this trade because it's not fair for the Braves. It's ludicrous. Just go check it out. Next one's not flashy but makes sense. The Angels are yet again wasting a year of Mike Trout and will not make the playoffs. They won't be competing anytime soon. They need pieces for the future. They have some, like Joe Adele, but not enough. They have pitching and Dylan Bundy. The Braves have prospects. The Angels and Braves have lined up a few times in the past as well. Different general managers... But I'm sure they have an open communication. Dylan is nothing flashy, but he is having the best year of his life so far, with an ERA of 2.48 and an ERA+ of 182. Small sample size again, but still he's very impressive this year. He does not cost much money because he is arb eligible arbitration next year, meaning the Braves can release him with no dead money if they so choose and he would not cost much in prospect capital. This obviously would not be a plan A for the Braves, but is definitely an option they should explore. It is, though, important to note that there is a serious chance he will regress because his career ERA plus is 97, 3% below average, and he's been in the league for a little while. Again, though, as an upgrade over what the Braves have in a few rotation spots already, and it won't block anyone in the future. Before we move on to more options, I want to talk about some players that I have seen floated around. Although the Braves would love to have Clevenger and Plessick, and I even mentioned them in the last episodes, odds are that won't happen. For a bit, though, it did seem like the Indians may trade them due to them not following the COVID guidelines and making many team members mad, some Indians even threaten to opt out of the season. But the Indians are in prime position to make the postseason once again. One thing every team wants more of in the postseason is pitching. The Indians will hope this blows over and will hold on to these players, unless a team overpays. The Braves most likely won't pay what the Indians will demand. On the same note, I have seen players like Bowers, Sonny Gray, and Luis Castillo floated as potential guys as well, you know, those three amazing pitchers from the Cincinnati Reds. Well, I have bad news. The Reds have shown no signs of being sellers. In fact, there are reports, and many of them, that say that The Reds will be buyers at the deadline because they've already gone so far all-in this year with the signings that they've made. Now that it is out of the way, let's move on to two Texas Rangers. Mike Miner would be a huge get. He is a free agent next year and does not have the star power that results in huge bidding wars. He is struggling to start this season, but last year he was a 7.8 war pitcher. He actually led all pitchers in that category, even higher than Jacob deGrom. So he has a high ceiling without breaking the bank. It will be interesting to see if the Rangers sell at the deadline. Unless they go on a winning streak, they appear to be willing to sell. This is purely speculation because they have not said specifically what they're going to do yet, because they're in a position where the next week is going to be very telling. Another ranger, who actually is a pretty similar comp, is Lance Lynn. He is a rare case where he is pitching better after signing a free agent contract than he was in his contract year. The Braves are on record that they were considering signing him as a free agent, so we know there is interest. Lynn will be considerably more expensive, as he already has 1.8 war this season, with an insane 326 ERA+. I said that properly, 326. Currently he is pitching 226% better than the league average. He is the Cy Young front runner in the American League. He is also under contract for next year. I would love to see the Braves get him, but he may cost more than they are comfortable giving up. But as I have said, no risk it, no biscuit. The Braves don't need 5 starters for the playoffs. They have the bullpen to run 3. Adding Lynn and one other number three or four guy would go a very, very long way in the Braves making a deep playoff run. John Means of the Orioles is not looking as valuable as he was at the start of the year. He was number two in rookie of the year voting last year. He was looking great. He is having a serious sophomore slump, though. To be fair, he was injured a bit. Could this be a scenario where the Braves could get him for cheap? It all depends on the price. If it does not break the bank, it would be a good gamble, even with his ugly 10.13 ERA this year. But, last year showed he has the talent to be super effective with an ERA plus of 130 over 27 starts. The Orioles are in a weird spot because they are outperforming their roster. What I mean by that is, a lot of guys are got hot early, and they may try to make a push for a wild card spot because they haven't made the playoffs in a long time. But it would be smart for them not to. But, their management has not exactly made me confident that they make smart choices to win. John Means would be controllable for a very long time for the Braves as he is pre-arbitration eligible. He has not even hit two years of service time yet. Not to mention, the O's have a farm system that needs work, being ranked 13th by MLB.com. That's a huge improvement over last year and the year previous, but it's still not great. They need future pieces to compete. The Braves have abundance of that. These two lining up in a trade just makes sense. Not to mention, they have made trades recently, so the GMs are probably on good talking terms. Earlier, I was thinking about Matthew Boyd of the Tigers, because the Tigers are obvious sellers this year. He looked like a stud the first half of last year, but that was the first time he looked like a stud in his career. If you dig into his numbers, his career ERA plus is 89 after 127 games. That's not good. If you do the simple math, that's 11% worse than league average. That's a hard pass for me. Unless the Braves can get him for super cheap, but the Tigers have been known for overvaluing their pitchers. They held on to Boyd last year even though his trade value was at an all-time high. And they held on to Michael Fulmer a few years ago in the same scenario, when they definitely should have moved him. This is theoretically an option for the right price, but I would not bet on it happening. Trevor Williams of the Pirates makes sense. He isn't a top-of-the-line guy with an ERA-plus of 99 over his career. But he only has 33 years of service time and could contribute for years to come. He did have an ERA-plus of 126 and 3.11 earned run average in the year 2018 over 31 starts, and currently sports a 122 ERA-plus this year. So it shows he is trending higher than his career numbers. The Pirates are very, very bad and need future prospects with a farm system needing work being ranked 15th by MLB.com. This is a scenario where the Braves will just have to kick the tires and see the asking price because Williams will be one of the only few trade pieces the Pirates have. So they may ask way too much for him. But, like I said earlier, the Braves might be in a position where they can't overpay. Alright. Here is the main guy I think the Braves should go after. He is my dark horse trade candidate. Are you ready? Brad Keller of the Royals. The Royals are clearly sellers this year. They are also short on future prospects, being ranked 17th. The Braves lining up with him just makes sense. Keller is pre-arb eligible with only two years of service time, meaning the Braves would have team control of him for the foreseeable future. This is the type of pitcher the Braves really need to go after right now. Keller has already acquired 7.9 war over two years and so far has a lifetime ERA plus of 131. The kid has yet to give up a run this year, and has a whip, again meaning walks hits per inning pitched, below one. That's elite, at least for this year. This is the type of guy the Braves need to break the bank on. Brian Snicker, Alex Anthopoulos, go after this guy. Even if it means giving up higher prospects. Even if it means overpaying a little bit. And even though he will cost a ton of prospects, if he is for trade, he is worth a ton. The time is now, Braves. Get Brad Keller. Thanks again to Richard for submitting that subject. I loved talking about it. If anyone else wants to submit a subject, you can submit it at the... Braves Dugout page on Facebook, Braves Dugout Pod on Twitter, Braves Dugout at gmail.com, or you can visit the website at bravesdugoutpod.wixsite.com slash bravesdugoutpod. Don't forget to leave a review, and if you would like to support the show, visit the Anchor site, and you can do so there, anchor.fm. Thank you guys so much. Can't wait to see what the Braves do with the trade deadline. As always, go Braves.